listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. goodness happy new year i'm going to do something right now it's going to be a challenge for you all but here's what we want to do we're going to have a little illustration right now we're going to have a sermon illustration and guess who's going to be a part of it every one of you is that cool every one of you are going to be a part of this so that means every one of you are going to have to participate when you come into church every week i guarantee that you sit across an aisle from someone that you've seen you've said hello to but you probably know nothing of that person You maybe don't know their name. You maybe do know their name, but that's all it is. You know what I want you to do right now? I want, when I count to three, I want every one of you to stand up. I want you to find someone that you don't really know. And I want you to introduce yourself to them. And I want you to find out three fun facts about that person. Just ask them facts. They can ask you. I just want you to connect with someone. Can you do that? One, two, three. Go. Let's go. Go, 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 go. Come on. Find someone. Find someone new. Find someone. Don't find your spouse or your husband sitting beside you. Find someone and introduce yourself to them. Hang out with them for a minute. All right, about a minute more, one minute more, 60 seconds more, 60 seconds more. Thirty seconds, thirty seconds, begin to wind it down, begin to wind it down. Is where we'll start. It says, And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. Not a good thing to see first thing in the morning. Hello? Not a good thing to see at any time, really, to be honest with you. And not a good thing to have facing you at the beginning of a year. You see, the, the great thing about a new year is it's a new year. But the problem is the old year doesn't erase all the problems and the circumstances. And it's not like you go in problem free into the new year. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Wouldn't it be great to be $10,000 in debt and wake up today and all of a sudden your bank manager says, hey, don't worry about that money anymore. It's all paid off. Wouldn't that be great? Doesn't happen, does it? I wished it done. But so what are we talking about? 
the same struggles and the pressures and the trials, they're still going to be there waiting for us. Today, when we woke up, they were there. But listen, let's read on. Verse 15, and the servant said to his master, Elisha, alas, my master, what shall we do? That's a massive question for you today. What am I going to do with those problems? What am I going to do with the heartache and pain? What am I going to do with the loss, the bad doctor's report? What do I do when I wake up again on January the 1st and I'm surrounded still by that enemy, by that bad report, by that bad news, and I'm feeling bad? What will I do? This is Vision Sunday. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is Vision Sunday. We're going to give you a new perspective and a new vision today because I, I, I just have to be honest with you. I, I can't have another year like last year. Anyone with me on that? I, I don't want to be a part of another year like last year. I, I'm ready for a new year and I'm ready to see God. So what do we do? Stepping into a new year. What shall we do? Aren't you glad that God knows what you need to do? Read on. It says, so Elisha answered and said, do not fear. You see, fear is not of God. He says, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. In other words, New Living Translation says there's more on our side than there is on the enemy's side. Do I hear an amen? Amen. And Elisha prayed and he said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Our prayer would probably be this. Are you ready? God, close my eyes because I don't want to see it. You can close your eyes all you want, but the problem's still there. Problems don't go away just because you don't see them any longer. And that's what we've got to realize. We cannot bury our head in the sand any longer and say, well, I'm just trusting and and they're gone. No, the problems are still there. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. That's my prayer for you this year, that God will open your eyes because he sees something different. The Bible says, and he saw. What did he see? He saw the opposition that was still there. The enemy was still there. Wouldn't it have been great if God opened his eyes and the enemy was gone? But the Bible says the enemy was still there. But notice, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Come on, they weren't just around the city. They were around the man of God. God has his army stationed all around you. Oh, the enemy may be there too, but greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. And you've got to see again as we step into a new year, you've got to see obstacles becoming opportunities. You've got to see hurts and pains becoming a miracle of a testimony of the goodness. What is a testimony? A test that you've come through. And I'm believing that you're going to step into new testimonies of blessings as you look again and see beyond the problems and see the solution. And the answer is Jesus. Remember, we preached this a couple of weeks ago. God's the God of the process, not the result. We like the result, do, 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 where God says, hey, I can do, but I'm more interested in you, how you arrive. And I want to do something great inside of you. Could God have removed those enemies? Yes. Could he have shown that young man something 
different by showing him everything gone. Yes, but you know God showed that young man like he wants to show us the greatest thing. And you know what that is? In every circumstance and situations, his presence. That he is there. That he is there. He's there around every problem. Why? Because he's greater than every problem. He's greater than any opposition that you will face. So my prayer for you is look again. Come on, my prayer for you is look again. Ask God to open your eyes with fresh perspective. Look at this statement. To believe the impossible, you must first see the invisible. To believe the impossible, you've got to first see the invisible. Well, pastor, I just don't feel like God's healed me. You've got to see him still as the healer that's greater than your sickness. Well, pastor, I still feel depressed. You've got to see him as the encouragement and strength that he wants to be. It may be invisible to you, but it's not invisible to God because his presence is there. And you know what happens when his eyes were opened? Fear left. Fear left. He is no longer afraid. Why? Because he sees that God is with him. I pray that your eyes would be open today. That you would not fear 2017. You would not fear what the enemy may have already set up for you. But you would recognize and realize, I'm looking again because beneath and beyond the enemy is the arms of God, the protection and the provision of God. Because faith reveals that God is doing more for his people that we can even ever realize through sight alone. So when we're facing difficulties that seem insurmountable, remember that spiritual results or resources, let me say that again, when you are facing difficulties that seem insurmountable, remember that spiritual resources are there even if you cannot see them. And we've got to look through the eyes of faith and let God work in your life. You see, the problem is in what you see, not in God's power. The problem is in what you see, not in God's power. And we have the opportunity to step into a new year to see in a different way. It's an opportunity for God to move in a greater way. Why? Because he's greater than all the broken, messed up problems and circumstances of our life. Come with a new attitude. Come with a new heart. Come with a new perspective. Come with a new outlook. Oh, the enemy's still there and he's going to be still there. But remind yourself, God is more there. God is greater. God is with me. And there's more on my side than there is against me. Come on, we're not going to go into 2017 deflated. We're going to go in uplifted, realizing that God is with. And that's what's so important about vision. Vision is seeing things and believing things before they physically take shape and form. You may still be sick, but see yourself as well. You may still be broke, but you begin to be a good steward and pay your tithes and begin to see your way of escape through God. And what do we know about vision? Proverbs 29, 18, the most popular verse on vision. But so many times we maybe miss the importance of it. Look what it says. What, what does it say? Where there is no revelation, where there is no prophetic vision, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint or with no vision, the people perish. You see what we've got to be careful of? We've got to be careful what we see because we've got to have prophetic vision. The Bible says with no revelation of who? God. Not your circumstances and situations. You've got to see God because when you see your problems bigger than the solution, there's no hope for your life. 
But you've got to see your solution bigger than your problems because that's what God is. And you've got to look again, have a revelation of who God is in your life. In 2017, my prayer for you is that you truly see who you are in God. That you're a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That you would see yourself as an overcomer. That you would see yourself as more than a conqueror. That you would see yourself as God is with you and He'll never leave you. That you would understand the promise that you have. Have a revelation because without it, you're going to perish. You've got to have a knowledge Of God in a greater way. And that's what I want for each and every one of you. As we talk about vision, take a fresh look. Take a fresh look. Believe again. Hope again. Trust again. Despite your circumstances. And have fresh revelation of Him. Because God is greater. God is greater. So what's my prayer for you? My prayer for you is this. This year, three things I want to pray over your life. And at the end of the service... Myself, along with our lead team, we're going to pray over families today. If you want your family to be prayed over, we want you to come to the front at the end of the service. And we're going to pray over families today, believing that God would bless your homes and bless your family. So here's my prayer. Are you ready? Three simple points. Number one, that you would have a better walk. That this year you would have a better walk. You may say, that's not very deep, Pastor Philip. Oh, it's very deep. Because with relationship... Life either starts or stops. When you have relationship with God, life begins. But when there's no relationship with God, life is tough. My prayer for you this year is that you'll fall in love with God like you have never fallen in love with Him before. That you'll love Him with all your heart. I think we've dated God too long. Too many people have dated God in 2016 and and they're kind of dating around with God too. They're kind of casually dating Him. I, I just think it's time that, that we marry God. I think it's time our relationship goes to new depths and new heights that instead of having God and, and, and five other things on the side. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? That we just focus and say, no, God, having eyes only for you. I pray that you would have a greater walk, that you would allow Him to produce a new level of spiritual maturity and growth in you. And how does that come? By spending time with Him. You get alone with God. You get in the presence of God. You're going to leave changed. You're going to leave challenged. You're going to leave built up. Take a look at Elijah. Elijah, the mighty prophet of God. Prophet just really meant the mouthpiece. He was one that God would use to speak through. He's just called down fire from heaven. That's pretty incredible. 450 prophets have been destroyed as fire came down from heaven. God consumed the sacrifice, licked up all the water in the trench, consumed the rock. It was incredible. And 450 prophets are killed. Elijah's riding really high at this time. He's feeling really good about everything. He's just prayed and there's a drought that has come upon the land for three and a half years. He's on a spiritual high. Anyone know what I'm talking about? He's on a spiritual high. And then all of a sudden... He's riding high and all of a sudden Jezebel, the queen, says a couple of words and she sends him a message and says, you're a dead man. You're a dead man. So what does Elijah do? He runs for his life. He runs for his life. A lot like us, isn't it? We can be on a spiritual high and all of a sudden a doctor gives us a bad report and we run for our life. We're not in church. We don't pray. We don't trust God. God's a bad God. We don't like him. But I'm so glad that even when Elijah ran from God, God still hunted him down. And God wants to hunt 
each and every one of you down this year. And God places him in a cave and God appears to him. Look at the story, 1 Kings 19, 11 and 13 from the New Living. It says, and God instructs him and he says to Elijah, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And the Lord told him, and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. Think about how strong that wind was to tear into the rocks. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was what? A sound of a gentle whisper. King James says, a still, small voice. A still, small voice. And when Elijah heard it, notice verse 13. He heard the voice. He wrapped his face in his cloak and went and stood at the entrance of the cave. Why? Because he went to hear what God would say. He wasn't moved by the earthquake, the wind and the fire. But when he heard the small voice, he recognized that was God. And I think it's pretty interesting that he heard a voice and not just words. Because I believe the voice of God speaks of a place of intimacy like we've never experienced before. Because a still small voice speaks of proximity. You can't hear a still small voice when you're at a distance. You've got to be so up close. That's my prayer for you this year, that you get so up close with God, that you're not distracted by the noise of everything else and everyone else's relationship with God and what's going on in everyone else's life. Oh, that's great, but you've got to have a still small voice relationship for yourself. You've got to know God for yourself because I don't want to know of God. I want to know about God. I I, I, I don't want to just love God. I want to be in love with God. I want to have that closeness in my life like never before. And that's my prayer. No, No matter what else is going on all around you, that something greater is happening inside of you. Beginning January the 9th and through the 29th, we're stepping into 21 days of prayer and fasting. I cannot wait. We're just a week away from that. And we're theme this year is Jesus is. And I think that's a great starting point for every one of you to have a closer walk with God. Because fasting is a great opportunity for you to spring clean your life, just to push aside those things of your life that have no real solid meaning, perhaps. But yet they control you in so many different ways. It's to commit your fast fruits of your year into prioritizing your life for God and saying, God, I want to pursue you like never before. People have said this, well, fasting, doesn't that mean going without? Yes, it does. And going without things is never easy. But think of it this way. I'm creating space for a closer walk with God. I'm creating space for God to step in. And move in a greater way. Because fasting is really refraining from something for a spiritual purpose. And God has a purpose for your life. That I believe we find when we really seek him. And it's not just about fasting. It's about prayer too. Fasting is what places us, I believe, in a position. But prayer is what catches the ear and the attention of God. So we fast and we pray. Because together they are second to none for realigning our lives and our priorities and our perspective. There's no magic in themselves. Oh, I'm just going to fast and I'm going to manipulate God. No, you don't manipulate God. But what fasting does, it moves you into that position where you can once again hear his still small voice. And you can understand a new level of intimacy like never before. 
as you refocus and allow God to refocus your life. It's not easy. It's not easy to fast. For some people, it may be a partial fast, such as a Daniel fast, where you eat no meats, breads, and sweets. For some people, you maybe just eat one meal a day. For some people, it may be social media. There's so many different things that you can do in a fast. But remember this, whatever you do, it needs to be a sacrifice. Because if it's not a sacrifice to you, and it's not going to really mean anything, well, I'm just going to fast green beans. Do you like green beans? No. <laughs> if it's not something that is important to you, why would we want to give that to God and say, God, take this? I want to give God the best, the first fruits of my year that I step in, because I want a closer walk. I want to see you have a closer walk with God. And, and the whole idea of fasting is never should be our focus on what I'm quitting and giving up. If you don't watch, you, we can have conversations like this. Oh, I'm so hungry. I wish I could eat this. Our conversations are what we are without instead of saying, you know what? I may be hungry, but I'm drawing closer to God than I've ever done before. And you know what I'm fasting and believing for? I'm believing this year is going to be a breakout year. I'm believing for my kids to be saved. I'm believing for my dog to get saved. He needs to be saved. Amen. I'm just believing for God to do some things like never before. Come on, parents, you need to believe your kids get saved. And kids, you need to believe your parents need to get saved too. But we're believing God. So what are we doing? We're creating space for God to fill. Jesus is. I love it. Jesus is. Jesus is what? To so many people, there's such a misconception of who Jesus is. And just these wristbands, as you begin to wear these, we're going to give them out next week. Jesus is It's going to give so much opportunity for you to talk to people because they're going to say, Jesus is what? Man, I'm glad you asked. He's my best friend. Can I tell you about him? He's my healer. He's my friend. He's my light. He's my hope. He's my peace. And through a greater walk with him, I believe that you'll move beyond assumptions. And you'll move into a greater intimacy. That you'll move beyond the wind, the fire, and the earthquakes. Thank God for manifestations and great things that happen. But you know what I want? I want something to change me. I don't want to just be moved. I want to be changed. I don't want to just be influenced. I want to be transformed. I want God to do something so powerful as I hear his voice in a greater way. And what if they said this before? If you don't know stillness, you're perhaps never going to know God because the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. If we don't have stillness in our life, maybe we miss something very important. Invite him in. Invite him into your home. Invite him into your car. Invite him at your workout. Invite him into your life. I heard a powerful message just before Christmas about the first miracle Jesus performed at a wedding in Cana. And the first miracle that Jesus ever did was he turned the water into wine. But it's very interesting, the story, if you would read it, they're an unknown couple. It doesn't even say the people he was at the wedding of. It was just a marriage in Cana. The people weren't even mentioned. They were unimportant to be mentioned. The place itself, Cana, is an unimportant place. So unimportant people, un, un, really an unknown place. But Jesus was there. 
pretty crazy, really. Why would Jesus be there? Can I tell you why Jesus was there? John 2, 2 tells us this. It says, now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. You know why Jesus was there? Because he was invited. He was invited into that place, into that situation. I'm telling you right now, you may feel insignificant and unimportant and that no one else cares about you, but I want you to know, you invite him to your life, he'll come. You invite him into your day, he'll step in and he'll come. Come on, we need to invite him this year into our lives like never before. Because I just think it's so powerful. The first miracle that Jesus did was not turning water into wine. I think the first miracle was he showed what he wanted to be. And that was this, he'll come wherever he's invited. And he'll enter in and give you the peace. And when he comes, you'll never be the same. And that's the miracle that you and I need. The greatest miracle of our lives in 2017 is to create a space to invite him in. Because when he comes, the sky is the limit. So my prayer for you is that you experience an encounter, a greater walk with God. That you get your Bible reading app out. That you read every day his word and get it inside of your life. Why? Because you need a greater walk with God. You need to hear his still Small voice. Here's my second prayer. Are you ready? That you'll have a better reach. That there will be a better reach that you'll have in your life. That you'll desire to serve God in a greater way. Given your life to service like never before. You may be helped out a little bit in 2016. But my prayer is that you will totally submerge your life and give your life to a life of service. And this is not pastoral manipulation. Oh, here he is. He's the pastor. He just wants someone to hold open the door and help with the kids. We know how he is. He's just manipulating from the pulpit. No, I'm not manipulating from the pulpit. I'm teaching you principles of God's word, because if you want to see your life grow, the Bible says the greatest of all is the least or the servant of all. And if you want a greatness and see your life move forward in your life, it comes through serving and giving your life to other people. And we see this from God's word. Look what it says. Luke 6, verse 38. Give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will it be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, say with me, give. The same measure I give, the Bible says, the same measure it will be given back to me. Come on, as I give, it will be given. Do you get the picture? So if I'm given just a little, I'm going to get a little back. But as I give more, I create more space for God to come in a greater way. And a lot of people have jumped on that scripture as money. You give your money to God and he'll give it back to you. Really, the scripture has nothing to do with money. In fact, if you would read this scripture, it really is talking about not judging or condemning or having unforgiveness against other people because you've got to give forgiveness so you can get forgiveness. You, you don't need to be passing judgment. You need to be loving people because what you give is the measure you're going to get back. So if you're judging everyone, you're going to have judgment returned to you. So it's not really about money, but I believe it's a principle from God's word that applies to money and applies to every aspect of your life. Because what? It's a principle of life for what? As you give, you're going to receive. You're going to create the space for God to come back because that's what's going to happen. It's reciprocating. It's going to come back in that way. And that's my prayer for you in 2017. That you step into a new realm of serving others. Understanding what it creates and makes happen for other people. Let me show you what I mean. Anyone ever heard of Samuel before? 
Samuel, great prophet of God. He was the son of Hannah. Hannah had no children. She cried out to God and God said, I'll give you a son. But here was her promise. She said, God, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you all the years of his life. And here he was as a young boy. She took him to the temple and dropped him off and gave her son back to the Lord. Wow, that must have been tough to do. And read the story of Samuel in his life. First Samuel 3 Verse 1, it says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord. I, I, I think that's so beautiful. Some of the first words mentioned of the life of Samuel is what? He's serving God. And he's not just serving God. What is he doing? He's assisting Eli. He's serving God by serving the house of God, by serving his pastor, by serving the priest, by serving those around. God is using his life. But notice the next part, very important. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. Again, not because God had stopped talking, but because man had stopped listening. Big difference. But it goes on. Come on, the thought is not finished, but it continues. And one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed, verse 3, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God, verse 4, and suddenly the Lord called out to Samuel. Here's what I need to see. Here's what I need you to see today. Here's my prayer for you today. Listen, God's word was rare that day. But when Samuel, through his service to God, when Samuel began to serve the house of God, the pastor of God, in the house of God, he created a space that God could not help but to show up and begin to be heard again, that God began to speak. Here's what I truly believe, and you can say, I don't believe that. Well, I do. I believe that your service creates a place where God can come and speak again to other people's lives that God can come and speak into a life that's never heard God before, but you can give hope as you serve, you create a space where God can come. I, I believe this. Are you ready? No Samuel, no voice of God is being heard. No servant, no voice of God. You see, it's more than just being on a door with a smile and a welcome. It's more than just watching someone else's child in our nursery. It's more than just driving a bus. It's more than just playing an instrument. What are you doing? You are creating something much bigger. You're creating the opportunity for God to speak into someone else's life. What may appear to be so small and insignificant and no one notices what I do, it's a lot bigger than you realize. Why? Because especially when it involves someone else's eternity. The kids were just really screaming in the nursery today. Yes, but you were creating a space where parents could hear a word from God. And eternity, their eternity can be shaped forever. Why? Because you created the space. Samuel doesn't realize what's happening. He thinks it's Eli. Eli, what do you want? But it's happening, I believe, for this reason, because he served, because he was in the house of God. Remember Jesus at the wedding? Remember we just talked about Jesus at the wedding of Cana? Let's go on with that story. Look what it says in John 2, verse 3 through 5. And it says, And the mother of Jesus said to Jesus, They have no wine. And Jesus says to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not come. 
And now you've got to see this, verse 5, and his mother says to the servants, notice she turns from Jesus, she's addressed Jesus, she's talked to him and said, hey, do something. He said, woman, what do you want me to do? This is not my time. She then turns to who? She turns to those who are serving. And she says to them these words, whatever he says to you, what? Do it. Do it. Strange shift here. But I believe this is why there's a strange shift that happens in this circumstance. Because Mary, the mother of Jesus, knew something that we need to be reminded and know today. She knows this, that Jesus will get involved when we get involved. I really believe that. That when we get involved and we're ready to do something, Jesus then gets involved and he begins to do something. I think, wow, to that. That's absolutely incredible. Stop looking or waiting for the spectacular and start doing the practical. Start doing what you can do. Serving, giving of your talents and your gifts. Remember the talents and gifts God has given you? They're to be used for His glory and to build His kingdom. You get the bonus of providing a paycheck with it, but it's talents and abilities that God wants you to use in His house. How powerful. Jesus, do something. He denies her. What does she say? Hey, whatever He tells you, because she knows that when we're ready to be involved, Jesus will get involved and step in. Start with what you do have and let God use it. There's a place and a space for you. Use your talents in God's house. Next step. If you've never been through one of our next step classes, you need to do that. Learn how you can be a part of the church. Everyone needs to go through those happening every Sunday. Sign up today. Be a part of that next week. I love Katrina. I'm looking out here and seeing Katrina. And she and her husband, Rick, and their family lost pretty much everything during the storm. And you know the, the thing, she'll tell you, the thing that kept her through the storm, and the thing that kept her sanity, and the thing that kept her going, she said was this, when I kept serving other people. She was here serving other people and our house was destroyed. She hasn't stopped serving other people. Why? Because she knows the joy there is in giving your life to other people. My prayer is this, that you'll have a greater walk with God a closer relationship than ever before. My prayer is that you'll have a greater reach than ever before, that you'll realize that God has used you or wants to use you to create space for Him to be able to speak into someone else's life, that their eternity can be affected. And my last thing today, almost done, I'm praying that you will be better connected this year, that there'll be a better connection, greater friendships greater bonds, that you'll have the right relationships. Come on, we need to leave the wrong relationships. The Bible says iron sharpeneth iron. That's a good thing. But lead will take you to the bottom. Come on now. Well, I'm just trying to help them. You cannot be someone else's savior. You need someone who's going to take you to Jesus. You need someone that's going to be, watch who you are joining yourself to, because the Bible speaks about that. Righteousness, those things don't belong with unrighteousness. Watch who you are yoked together with. Anyone remember that movie Gladiator? Anyone seen the movie Gladiator? What was the theme when they went into the arena? What did he say to every one of those guys as they were in the arena? What did he say to them? Stay together. Stick together. If you've ever seen that movie, the ones who stuck together survived. The ones who went out on their own. They were picked off one by one. There's power when we come together. Come on, you need to be in church every Sunday. 
You need to be in crossroads. You need to be in sisterhood. You need to be, you need to be connected. Come on, you need to be a part. Because I believe this. Look at this statement. I believe we break the walls around us through relationships. I truly believe that. We break the walls around us through having right, proper relationships. As we started the message today, by meeting other people, that is so powerful. Connect with other people. Do life with other people. Realize you're a part of a family. I said this earlier, but all the men, you need to be in real men the third Tuesday of every month. You need to be around some brothers and get together and hang out and exchange numbers and find out, let's go fishing, let's play some golf. Oh, you like motorcycles? I want to ride a motor. Get with people and connect with other godly people. All the ladies, you need to be at sisterhood. So you can come and say, hey, did you see that sale at Macy's? Come on, let's go. Let's, let's buy some stuff. You, you need to be around each other. Let's go and have a coffee. Let's hang out. Let's have a kid's day out. Well, we can take our kids. All the youth, you need to be in wave. Parents, if you have not brought your kids here on a Wednesday night, shame on you. I know it's tough. I know that we have homeworks. I know that we have struggles. I know the traffic can be bad. But I'm telling you, it's a great sacrifice that's going to reap great rewards. Josh and his team are doing a great job. You need to have your young people here on a Wednesday. If you're married, you need to be married for life. Get around other people and realize you're not the only one that has problems. But God is gracious in that. Come on, if you... Uh, mature. Where's all my mature? 50s and pluses. You need to be at Connect Plus every month. Hang around with some people. If you're wounded, if you've gone through issues and struggles, come on, be around other people at Crossroads on Friday night so you can find healing and strength. You see, so many people, they separate themselves and isolate themselves when they need people more. And it's not building cliques. It's not building groups. What it is is this. It's just being around like-minded people that you say, I want to do life together. And create groups. Create opportunities where you can begin to say, I want to do life together. So my prayer for you, Kelly and I's prayer, as the lead team of this church, our prayer for you is this, that you will open up your eyes to see with fresh vision again. That you'll understand that God is greater than anything else. But our prayer is this, that you'll understand that great God wants a great relationship with you. That you'll have a better walk in 2017. That you'll have a better reach. What can I do to serve? And that you'll have better connections. That you'll do life with the right people that can take you to the right places. Because I was just reading today, when God created man, he said it's not good that man should be alone. God even said that. God said that. Come on, we need some helpmates. We need some friendships and some people around us. But notice this, the relationship that God brought together produced life. He brought man and woman together that produced life. You need some relationships that God wants to bring into your life that are going to produce life. And I'm not talking about physically as in children. That may come in relationships too, praise God. But I'm talking about you need to surround yourself with people who are going to bring life to you, going to increase your life and bring value to your life. So come on, look again. The problems are still there. But can you see God in a greater way? Can you have a new vision? Can you see the new opportunities? Don't see the problems. Come on, don't see the problems. We used to sing a song years ago that said this, don't look at the problems. Look a little higher. Never mind the wind and waves. 
never mind the fire. Jesus can do miracles. He can turn the stones to bread. So don't look at the problems. Look to God instead. Come on, don't just see the problems. See and be the solution. Do you realize that you can be a solution too? That God is a solution for your life, but you can be a solution for someone else's life. Come on, trust God. Would you stand to your feet all over this place today? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.